Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Olive Magazine podcast, your weekly catch-up with the Olive Magazine team on all things eating in, dining out, and travelling with mealtimes in mind. My name is Laura Rowe, I'm the editor and your host. This time, food director Janine and sub-editor Hannah chat about what makes a great brunch, bottomless is not always best, and preview some of the brilliant brunch recipes in our new Christmas issue. Editorial assistant Ellie and digital intern Amanda chat about Christmas condiments, from cranberry sauce to fig relish and why there's always a place for mint sauce on a plate. And I speak to web editor Alex about where you should get your food and drink fix in central London this winter in between all that Christmas shopping. First up, here's Janine and Hannah. Hi, this is Janine, and this week I'm here with Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi. And we're talking about brunch, one of my favourite meals. Um, I've written some recipes in the new um, Christmas bumper issue, which is out on Friday. Um, So we thought we'd just talk the subject of brunch, because it's become something that's quite trendy, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think so many places offer brunch, um, particularly in London, and in particular, like, bottomless brunches. So loads of different places have options for adding a lot of... um, alcoholic refreshments yeah. to your brunch and it seems like almost anything can be called brunch now so not just sort of breakfast type things yeah but, I was gonna say like mm. is it brunch if it doesn't have an egg on it <laughs> yeah I mean I I I, th- I think it's sort of got maybe slight to the point where you're just having a very boozy meal you're just having <laughs> lunch and um, I think it should have eggs and I mean what do you think of, what do you think what do you think you have to have in a brunch in order for it um, apart from an egg I think it has to be a kind of like a full meal. Mm. Like, I don't think boiled eggs and soldiers is brunch. No. Because that to me is like breakfast. Um, and also it feels like it's slightly fancier. Mm. So like breakfast is, um, breakfast can be like Marmite on toast or, but brunch is something that you have added a few fancy bits to mm. and kind of made it into more of an occasion meal. So less functional. Yeah. It's, it's less kind of like just fueling yourself and more like treaty. And mm. as you said, um, it's a it's an excuse to drink booze before twelve o'clock. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, or I mean, you can do. I mean, most places will offer brunch until at least three or four in the afternoon. Yeah, that's so. what we were saying earlier, weren't we? That mm. it's become this thing that seems to stretch from say eleven, mm. and then I think it used to be like eleven till two or whatever. And now mm. it's it's like all day brunch, and mm. I think some places just kind of offer it. Um, yeah, past four o'clock. So. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on the booze thing? Because I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a wuss in terms of, like, I will, I would, I would just need to go and have a nap afterwards. So. Yeah, I think, I think it depends when you have the brunch. I think mm. if you're going to have a boozy brunch, like a, say, a bottomless brunch or yeah. a brunch with lots of Bloody Marys at eleven, yeah, I think you're probably done for the day after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't it's think anyone. I'd be impressed if anyone could then go do lots of things after that. Yeah. Uh, I think if you have it at three or four, I think. I've often seen that kind of late boozy brunch sort of tra- transition <laughs> into, into the evening, evening, evening drinking. And I mean, that's quite dangerous, even if you mm. have got like a belly full of, you know, brunch food. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's usually, I mean, yeah, brunch is quite starchy and carby. But at the same time, if you're having 
your glass constantly topped up with Prosecco. Yeah. Um, it's very, very easy to drink a lot mm. and um, probably not the healthiest. So no. It's fun, I think, but... I think a lot of those deals as well, I mean, the, the whole bottomless brunch thing is... It is a bit of a scam in terms of, you know, they... The sort of... What you've been... What you would be offered would mm. be kind of not very nice mm. fizz with some orange juice in it or something or you know not mm. not great vodka made into massive but I mean maybe I'm, I'm sure some places do it really well mm. but for me the idea of eating like drinking lots of substandard mimosas is not my idea of yeah. a good time like I'd rather I don't know have a beer or something and sometimes <laughs> sometimes the food as well can be a bit not as as kind of lavish as yeah as brunch should be if that makes sense oh so you mean they're just kind of like labeling something and they're not actually like delivering yeah and I think they're kind of they're sort of I think they kind of just bring it out and there's not maybe always as much care for yeah how it tastes and I think particularly because a lot of the places that will offer a bottomless brunch there's like a set time it's usually about yeah two hours. yeah that's that's true yeah so it's kind of like a I mean really it's like 2017's all you can eat Chinese mm. buffet isn't it yeah. with booze hoid in for like good measure so I think I think choose carefully because there are so many amazing places out there for brunch we were just saying like we love Mm. places like modern pantry and even though I don't think they call it brunch somewhere like Dishoom that Mm. just that incredible like Indian breakfast Mm. like chili fried eggs and cheese on toast and the the bacon naan Mm. and you can have really good cocktails with it so I Mm. think like for me I would rather be a little bit like I am with everything else probably a little bit more discerning about it I think because I know um, me and my friends have started doing this. Yeah. Um, um, it's just to go somewhere nice, like you said, that offers a good brunch. And just if you want to have some fizz, yeah. or order some cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just order a bottle, like a nicer bottle. Yeah. Or just, <laughs> I think um, that's what I did last time. I think I went, I went to Bellinger, which is like a sort of... Oh, yeah, that's meant to of, be incredible. Yeah, it's really nice, sort of um, old, kind of, sort of an old-fashioned, kind of middle European type place. That's kind yeah. of Alsatian food and, like, sausages and sauerkraut and so like proper hearty yeah chicken there schnitzel cheese in there as well yeah loads of cheese <laughs> ham like very like they have like beer soup and it's all very um, kind of over the top and yeah. they, help, they offer loads of fizz there so I think that's the last time I went for a, a boozy brunch yeah we just ordered a bottle yeah it's so like then, just treat it like as if you're going out for a nice dinner yeah or whatever yeah but yeah, so in the in the issue, we've got um, we've got some great recipes. Um, I I there's a lot of egg because basically, <laughs> actually not be. not every recipe has an egg on it. Um, but I was quite inspired by um, you know time spent in other countries and also by um, taking a, a sort of a regular idea and um, giving it a bit of a posher spins so Mm. there's things like when you have like hash with you know you might have corned beef hash Mm. but we've done this duck confit hash Mm. with chili fried eggs and um and I've seen that on a couple of menus and I know that probably Mm. in the restaurant they'll make their own duck confit but we just used um you can get some really good ready-made duck confit Mm. so what they've done and um buy from supermarkets they've done the kind of like three or four hour slow cooking of the the duck legs and then all you have to do is um, crisp it up in the oven and then fry potatoes and onions and toss the duck through and then serve it with um, a nice egg on top. And mm. that is, I mean, it's it's super indulgent. It's not diet food, but then, <laughs> but then you know, you're kind of you're you know you're you're mashing together breakfast and lunch, so yeah. you want something that's. It's not. I mean, you're covering two meals, so I think you can afford yeah. to be a little bit lavish. And then another one, um, 
because I'm northern, well, not just because I'm northern, I love black pudding. Like oh, I grew up, I grew up with um, black pudding on breakfast. Mm. Like breakfast isn't breakfast without a couple of slices of fried yeah. black pudding on it. So, um, but I know that like it's a massive, like chefs are really into it as well for good reason because you get this really deeply savoury, salty flavour that goes mm. really well with, with egg. Um, so I just did um, kind of like ciabatta croutons and then black pudding um, with soft boiled duck eggs and salsa verde just to give it that massive kind of um, you know lift at the end mm. and stuff and that again it's it's indulgent but it's it's not like it's actually really low calorie <laughs> it's only 540 calories so, so there you go if you're on a diet you can have that and you would have <laughs> actually you could do your um, you could have it on a 5-2 day yeah, but that's well, all you can have you can't yeah. have any booze with it <laughs> no no booze yeah. I think black pudding is quite good for you well it is I, I think it's quite lean isn't it yeah. it's just blood which is uh, yeah and I think it's got it's meant to have quite a lot of nutrients like it's I think I read some of those like iron and a bit of stuff of food. yeah probably not if you have it with um duck eggs and no. <laughs> all the time but so what would be your ultimate brunch dish do you think um uh, for me I'm probably more of a traditionalist Are eggs you? some kind of cured meat or like so black pudding or sausages or bacon. so you would you would go for more like a fry-up style than a more of a yeah more of a sort of or like these recipes which are kind of take a kind of simple concept like a hash yeah or say something on toast and kind of like really recognizable yeah food. Recognizable. I'm, I'm definitely um yeah all about but then I mean things like the breakfast tacos which yeah I've never had which I've never had before for breakfast I think would work really well I've done them I, for me it's like the, I mean these ones are a little bit more involved but actually I've done this before at home when I've just had some chorizo in the in the fridge and mm. and some eggs and I've usually got tortillas in the freezer and you can actually make like a really good like little taco filling if mm. you've got avocado as well brilliant or onion mm. or a bit of you know hot sauce and it does make a really really quick breakfast brunch mm. or whatever so that's a good and one and it looks nice as well it looks yeah. quite impressive um and then the the last one that I was going to talk about was um obviously America is huge on brunch so mm. I got this idea from um this restaurant in California called Squirrel mm. which they do they're really famous for their ricotta toast and what it is is really thick slices of brioche that you um that you fry in butter and then you kind of slather it with ricotta if you can get ricotta from a deli it's, mm. it's kind of nice because it's a bit fresher they make their own ricotta mm. apparently that's quite easy to do but I've never done it and then they serve it with um like a seasonal jam like that's mm. quite a big thing at the minute is making quite fresh jams so you know you would rather than spending hours boiling the heck out of strawberries or raspberries mm. um you would just you would do a really quick a really quick cook and then keep it in the fridge so you kind of you use less sugar because you don't mm. need to preserve you're not really preserving it it's like a fresh no, jam that's true so what i've done is use pineapple because that's seasonal um and and you put that on top and that kind of lifts the whole thing so if you're if you're after a sweet thing mm. i think that's that's really good and if you're you're non-egg mm. then that's quite nice as well i suppose with jam i, I always get a bit scared of making jam because i was worried mm. you know when recipes talk about finding the setting point is that yeah. important with the fresh fruit jam or does it, it just does no just it's completely that kind it's of jam like com- it's completely different because it's like fridge jam so mm. you literally um you literally sounds that <laughs> you boil it until it's jammy as mm. in until it's got that texture mm. it it will be a little bit softer set because I think to get the to get the setting point of, of a regular jam, you have to take it to a certain temperature with mm. a certain amount of sugar mm. and there has to be a certain amount of pectin in a fruit. Whereas mm. with a fresh jam, you're kind of making more like a, you know, a 
just a little amalgamation of fruit and a little bit of sugar mm. and then cooking it just until it starts making that nice texture and then you keep it in the fridge so you don't have to worry about preserving it mm. so it's kind of like it's a bit and, and also it's much much easier to do yeah it still keep though it keeps for so the Ricotta, the pineapple, homemade pineapple jamas recipe keeps for two to three weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it keeps for weeks in the fridge. It's mm. not like, it won't go off, basically, because mm. there'll be enough sugar and stuff in there to keep it. But it's it's not like if you make a jam one year, it'll still be there the next mm. year. So you can, and you kind of take out the, you know, as long as you put it in a, in a, a really nice clean jar, it'll mm. be fine in the fridge because the, the bugs won't be able to get to it and stuff. So so that's one. So, um, so yeah, check out the brunch recipes in our new issue, which is out this Friday. Exciting, the bumper mm, Christmas issue. Exciting. We also have tons of brunch recipes online, including Sabrina Gale's amazing Middle Eastern brunch recipes that we ran mm. this year earlier. Um, so, yeah, go check out olivemagazine.com. And thanks for chatting to me, Hannah. No worries. Thank you, guys. Next, here's Ellie and Amanda. Hello, it's Ellie here, and I'm with Amanda. Hello. And so (laughs) the Christmas issue is now officially out. It is. And this week, we've been busy updating lots of Christmas recipes for you all. And it kind of got us thinking about Christmas condiments and what you serve with your Christmas dinner. Yeah. And so there's so many things. There's cranberry sauce and mint sauce bread sauce every kind of sauce you can think of depending what i suppose what you have with your centerpiece yeah and so although it's not traditionally festive i love mint sauce and i know you're only supposed to have it with lamb and i know lots of people find this quite (laughs) controversial but i just love mint sauce with your turkey i I mean general i would happily eat it with turkey in general i'm I'm not a massive cranberry sauce fan. I kind of find it a bit too sweet. And but mint sauce, just something about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, got that. it's a bit tangy. It but is. It's, yeah, that kind of. Yeah. It's quite fresh as well. Yeah. I see. I really like the sweetness of the cranberry sauce. Do you? Um, to go with my turkey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't have the turkey without it. Really? Yeah. And it's kind of like the same for me with pork. Like I really like apple sauce. Yes. It's that sweetness. I do actually like applesauce, though, so I'm a bit mm. weird there. I know. <laughs> but I <I'm> really <laughs> have such a sweet tooth. But um, talking of cranberry sauce, we actually have, um, if you guys are thinking about making, getting ahead and making jams, chutneys or um, sauces to go with your centrepieces, we have a number of recipes online. Do we have a cranberry sauce? We do. Ellie and I have, and Alex have been updating lots of our Christmas recipes. Yeah. And I actually updated some of the sauces that we have. And we've actually got a boozy cranberry sauce. Oh, what makes it's it boozy? Just, yes. So it's got <laughs> it's got port in it and red wine. Okay. So, so I imagine that's quite rich yeah, as well. Yeah, rich and giving it that really nice red berry colour. Yeah. And, um, just adding a bit more festivity. Love to Christmas um, turkey. Nice. And then another one is, um, which I also can't really get my head around, is bread sauce. Yes. So we've got a, I mean, obviously you've got just your classic bread sauce. We've gone one step further. Yeah, what goes into... So we've got a sourdough bread sauce online, of course. So Adam, here's our uh, cookery writer. Not just any bread sauce. No, it's, um, Adam is a great baker and especially with yes. sourdough bread and we all love sourdough here yes, at olive like we i'm do. sure lots of you guys do <laughs> we've got a guide online to how to make your own yeah so if you were feeling so inclined you could make your sourdough my god then make it into a bread sauce <laughs> you really would be yeah but in the bread sauce it's bread obviously milk <laughs> cream nutmeg cloves so it's quite 
but it's quite spiced in that yeah. sense. You've got um, bay leaves in there as well. Mm. Yeah. But usually people have that just on the side, have it with all the trimmings, don't they? To go with like another uh, yeah. compliment to go yeah. with your um, roast. Exactly. It's like another trimming almost. Yeah, it is in itself. I mean, I myself am not massive. I've always found it a bit weird. I find it, yeah, I don't quite understand its place yeah. on the plate, I think. No. Is- is my issue. It's just a bit bready. <laughs> it's just a bit bready, but I'm prepared to be convinced yeah. on this one. Yeah. Um, and other things that Eleanor were talking about, what we, ha- what we have in our house um, at Christmas is um, I, my mum's quite a, makes chutneys all the time. So oh, like, yeah. we end up having loads of like chutneys, <laughs> not just with like our cheeses and things, but like with um, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, one year, my mum and I got our head quite ahead and made like a plum and slow gin one we made like a tomato relish and then the classic caramelized onion of course yeah these they're just really good to to make in advance of when christmas is coming and you can give them as gifts as well i guess can't you so true and that's actually something that i did do made loads of like relishes and chutneys and jam things and gave them and the great thing with that is that they last jars of chutney and marmalade they last for so long it's not one of those things that you have to eat straight away you can keep it for a couple of months and, and they then, look pretty too exactly <laughs> that is always good we've actually got our hot pepper jam recipe online which is a scotch bonnet oh wow mm. for the brave hearted exactly <laughs> so if you like things like hot and spicy that's a really nice one to have with your even mm. if it's just on boxing day like a nice boxing day yes box, jam. boxing day buffets are i feel like that's when condiments really really come, really come out because <laughs> yeah. you're feeling a bit full but you still have yeah. that spread of cheese and yeah. bread and i um the other day I had tried this um, fig relish and it was lovely. It was really sticky and sweet and I had it, um, I think Ooh. I had it with manchego, so it was quite nutty, nutty cheese. Yeah, nice. And it was just that contrast. It was really, really it was really nice. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. And I love figs anyway and that would make such a nice little kind of yeah. jam or whatever. Talking about jam. Yes. We've actually got a new one coming out in our Christmas issue. Well, one of our Christmas issues, the December one. Yes. Um, to add to our Christmas collection. So in December, we, um, which is now online, we've got this Aperol and red grapefruit marmalade, which we um, we think Paddington would approve we of the marmalade. Um, <laughs> so this is, um, so it's red grapefruit and then you add Aperol, lemon and jam sugar. Yeah. And that's all it is. And um, so yeah, it's a nice like festive twist on like, a classic jam doesn't it yeah because like, we all love marmalade exactly you know, but, but um, that adds like a nice kind of and it always seems right come Christmas for everything to just have a nice like boozy or yeah. extra twist on it <laughs> always just, just add indulgence. a little bit and that um, again makes a lovely gift and I know in our family we always have we have so much jam plum jam we always oh, have yeah, in autumn yeah. and then keeps us going for the whole year so yeah exactly definitely definitely worth making and if you wanted to make any other ones we've actually got a really nice christmas chutney online too uh, it's just like a classic chutney recipe to have with like your cheeses and stuff um but it's got like star anise in it and mustard seeds and mm. red wine vinegar and just really nice like Christmassy things. Yeah. It's kind of like if you've got things left over, you know, yes. like you mould wine and things yeah. like that, you can just bang, bang it all just together. Throw it all in and, and make a Christmassy chutney. <laughs> and so Amanda, what are your opinions on like a shallot 
marmalade, red onion, mar- caramelised onion marmalade. Are you, are you a fan? I not? do really like it. Do you? I think, I don't know if this is going to um, cause controversy, <laughs> but it's a little bit basic. Oh, well. <laughs> we, I know some people in the team, Strong it's like words. their favourite. But I do like a, a good caramelised onion chutney, mm. but there's so much out there. Yeah. I'm kind of like, me. Well, I am so... A few months ago now, we did our supermarket awards testing. And so that the results of that are in the Christmas issue. And one of the categories was Christmas condiment. And yes. um, you'll have to go online to find out the winner or yeah. buy the copy. But um, it was a type of marmalade that won. Nice. Um, but personally, I'm not... I don't know. What, yeah, what do you think, Ellie? I, what are your thoughts? I feel like I, if I was going to have a chutney or a marmalade I prefer like a fig one I prefer it to be fruit based rather than like plum yes yeah yeah. rather than onion based fair enough (laughs) because it can also I think it's not necessarily just the taste it's the texture as well yes I know it sounds weird but it kind of can be too oniony and a bit too like yeah yeah got that but um, you can get some amazing ones out there. Yeah, anyway, definitely. We could go on forever about chutneys and <laughs> we could. whatnot. So pick a lily. Yes. That's a type of condiment, isn't it? Yes. And it's like quite, a, in our house, it's quite popular as well. My um, my brother really likes pick a lily. He brings it out in his sandwiches and God knows really? what. But um, I love it. Well, that's actually a bit of a lie. I like it. <laughs> I, I don't love it so much. So what um, is pick a lily? It's, it's kind of just like, I think it's got cauliflower in, I know yeah, that. Yeah, like chopped up, mustard. Just, yeah, a load of like veggies. <laughs> An assortment of vegetables. And it's the colour that always put me off. Because it's, um, it's quite vibrant yellow, Yellowy, greeny, like. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I do, I've never, it's always been there. And it's one of those ones that I think everyone's kind of got in their cupboard. Yeah, that you always like, have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a combination of like, you said, like veggies and things just bung together in a jar (laughs) i also think that condiments are great to use in a boxing day sandwich so come boxing day you've got all that cold turkey cold hams left over even roast potatoes i'm not averse to throwing roast potatoes i agree yes boxing day sandwich and with a boxing day sandwich you can kind of throw any kind of condiment in there there, can't you so have a bit of cranberry sauce and that's what makes it so great chutneys in there yeah yeah lilies if you like and then it's just a mixture of all sorts everyone loves a big boxing day sandwich we've actually got one haven't we in Mm. our christmas issue we do it is potentially the most intense (laughs) boxing day sandwich i've ever seen very indulgent but um you just have to look at it as a picture when you turn the page and i'm like I want that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you want to reach into the magazine Aim. and eat it. Yeah. Which is what we want from yeah. all the recipes, really. <laughs> I know. We're a country of sandwich lovers. Yeah. So I love a sandwich. So exactly. what's better on Boxing Day? Nothing, um, really. But yeah, so I mean, we, yeah, we could chat about chutneys and jams all day long. We could. But it'd be great but, to hear what your favourite condiments are yeah. that you have, if you have anything out does anyone, ordinary. Does anyone else have mint sauce with the Christmas dinner? Yeah. So I would mm. like to know. Or is it just deli? Is it just me? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think also people have like tomato ketchup. Yes. I remember long, a while, a few years ago now, but I went to a friend's for a roast and they put ketchup on their roast and I was like... Ooh. 
That is very odd. That, mm, and that I'm sure is. there's some people out there that have ketchup with their. Um, I'm sure there are, and we we are accepting of every yes. condiment, <laughs> well, no matter what it is. So yeah. Let us know whatever you guys, if you have any weird and wonderful condiments with your Christmas festive spreads. Um, yeah, thank you. And finally, here's Alex and I. Uh, hello, so this is Laura, the editor, and I'm here with Alex, our lovely web editor. Hello. Hello. So we are celebrating the uh, publication of our brilliant Christmas issue this week, um, and it's got one of your travel features in there, Alex. It does, yes. Um, and this time it's on central London, which we mm-hmm. thought would be a good place to feature in our Christmas issue because lots of people are out uh, shopping in, in London, and particularly in central London around the kind of Oxford Circus, Soho-type yes. areas. Um but you've got 10 places to, to visit in that feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to give you a little sneak preview now, yes. aren't we? Not all of them. Not all of them, so you have to buy the issue. Um, but we thought we'd give you kind of a quick quick overview of yes. what's in the, in the feature. So, Alex, why don't we start with somewhere perhaps where you'd kick off yes. the day? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, with the central London places to eat, like in Soho's complete um, minefield, really. Mm. With um, if someone is saying, "Oh, where where shall I go to eat?" Because there are just so many places. Like on each street, you yeah. could eat for a week. I, I think that's the risk, especially if you're a visitor to London. It's kind of overwhelming. I, mm-hmm. I used to find that a lot when I visited London. Is there's so many places to visit, you have no idea which one's good, so you end up going to a chain because you know it's going to yep. be at least familiar and okay. Yes. Um, so this is a really useful feature and one of our favourites. Yes. And I actually told Alex she has to include yes. this in yes. the feature. Um, is, is a little place called Dishoom, isn't mm-hmm. it? We might have mentioned it before. So tell us about Dishoom, Alex. Um, so the reason why we featured... We, we love Dishoom, as Laura said, and we go for any time of day, but breakfast at Dishoom is legendary and it is so yeah. for a reason, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where you don't necessarily think of going to... So Dishoom, for those that don't know, is kind of... They call it a Bombay Cafe mm-hmm. uh, type restaurant. So it's Indian, Indian yeah. food. Um but it's, it's not necessarily what you think. And I know you wouldn't think necessarily to go to an Indian restaurant for breakfast because that's not no. uh, not what British palates not are used to. But it's just incredible. So they do things like bacon naan yeah. and uh, they do like lovely minced chicken livers, which sound, again, not quite right for breakfast, but they yeah. really hit the spot and like game chips and fried eggs. They do yeah. an amazing um, chilli cheese uh, on toast, don't they, oh, with gosh. fried egg as well, I've which is that. really good. Yeah, it's really good. Amazing. And everybody goes to the bacon naan because it is so yeah. special. But I really, really encourage you to go back and really try the menu Definitely. because everything is is banging on yes. there. Yes, and with a um, accompaniment of the chai um, because their house chai is absolutely gorgeous. So good. And don't you get free refills or am I making that up? I think that's a bit of a myth because... Oh. Okay, I, I feel th- like you do. Yeah, I'm not actually sure. I should probably check that. Um, well, maybe ask your server, but I yes. remember last time, I swear to God, I got a free refill. Well, I, when I, I hope went for so. lunch. Yeah, yeah. why yeah. not? Um, but <laughs> you get water, free water yeah. at least. <laughs> what's great about the Shum as well is they're also, um, they're also unique, aren't they? Yes. All of the different uh, places. Um, so this one is quite like a, it's almost like a 60s, 
recording studio that's how I kind of it's like some, a living well, room some bits are like and then other bits studio. look like you know a grandma's lounge in, in a really yeah. cool funky way but yeah so there's quite a few dishooms across London and there's one in um, Edinburgh now and there's another opening in London in Kensington I think there's maybe about five or six um, so if wherever you are in London you should be in very close distance yes. to a dishoom so you're very lucky yes. but the Soho one's really funky mm-hmm. and reliable and a great way to start Christmas shopping I would yes. suggest um, okay, so what about a little bit later on in the day if you need a, a okay. mid-morning break? So, um, or lunch. Even. We've got um, there's a, a few coffee shops that I love, okay. um, and I will leave you to have a look <laughs> online or in the issue for the, for the ones that I've recommended. Um, but to go with your coffee, um, I'd definitely recommend Fabrique Bakery. Um, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will know that I'm obsessed with cinnamon and cardamom <laughs> buns, and most of us on the team are. Yeah. Um, and Fabrique comes from um, Sweden, yeah. from Stockholm, and they just do the most squidgy, gorgeous cinnamon buns, and they originally the original one in London was in Hoxton it um, does feel very Hoxton Alex uh took me there the other day <laughs> after a meal we kind of went and stocked up for the weekend and it does feel yeah. very East London so it's a yeah. bit of a um imposter in Soho yes. I think but yeah. <laughs> it's very worthy and uh, definitely worthwhile going there yeah definitely even just for takeaway mm. uh, but you can sit in as well as about four tables yeah and then lunch I would suggest there's a couple of places. I think I'm going to go for Koya Bar. I'm okay. going to pick that one out as nice. this um, for this uh, podcast um, because you can actually go for breakfast as well. They do. A, it's basically a, a udon noodle bar, right? Okay, and it's really, really, really authentic. It's like a little slice. And excuse the cliche, a little slice of like Japan okay. because you go through the traditional curtains and. It's a tiny little corridor of a of a room, yeah. and you sit along the bar and you watch them um, the the chefs preparing along the counter, Great. and they put like all, all sorts of uh, things into their broth. So, um, but they specialise in udon noodles, mm-hmm. and they're the only restaurant to um, in London to use the traditional method wow. of. Uh, don't want to put anyone off here because it's very hygienic, mm-hmm. but um, rolling out the noodles with their feet. Oh wow! Yes, okay, which is um, which is a traditional Japanese method Incredible. of making udon noodles. Um, we're actually going to uh, be interviewing them at some point about Great. this. Um, so if you want to hear more, then keep listening to the podcast, of course. Yeah, I reckon um, we need to do a Facebook live so we can see this feet rolling yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that sounds amazing and definitely like a, a proper little mini experience to treat yourself with mm-hmm. in the middle of Christmas shopping. Yeah, okay. and there, there are quite big queues, so you probably will have to queue, but it's definitely worth Might it. Might be a nice break. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. good. Okay. And then afternoon tea. Um, the, there are quite a few afternoon tea places in London and we've got a great um, guide online yeah. to the best afternoon teas because there's, there's so many all over the city. So oh, Sketch is great. That's in um, that's near Soho. Um, very gimmicky, but in a great way. You just have to experience yeah. it. This pink velvet room with like black and white cartoons. Um, and again, we've done, we, speaking of Facebook Lives, we have done one with Sketch mm-hmm. uh, fairly recently. So if you have a look back on our Facebook videos, you can have a, your own t- guided tour with the Olive Magazine team if you want to yes. have a look around that before you go. Um, but um, I'm going to recommend Shoe, which is, um, it's spelt X-U, okay. and it's the new uh, Thai, well, not so new now, opened about... Five six months ago, okay. and um, it's the 
I'm sure lots of people have heard of Bao, um, mm-hmm. but if you haven't, they're a Taiwanese bun specialist. And yes. um, I celebrated by three friends. I celebrated getting the editorship of Olive by with a Bao bun. Really? Bao. Yes. So it's got a very fun place in my heart. Uh, and you guys have been raving about Shu ever since. Oh you yeah, it's it, fab. Yeah, um, we've got some great recipes in um, online from Shu um, yeah. that they um, kindly gave us. But you can also, as well as going for um, their like, they've got famous short rib beef pancakes and mm. this amazing <laughs> drop egg crab dish mm. which is um legendary i um i hate eggs so i didn't have that but um my partner did mm-hmm. and then uh, you can actually go for afternoon tea so you can they've got a little um like a tea kiosk okay, which is cool. like because it's all decked out it's really cool inside it's like 1930s taipei very lots of like pastel colors nice. um, but it's almost like a train carriage because um all of the booths are separated off in little like wooden it's really lovely you have to go and have a look at the design uh but they do um tea and dumplings great so that's a nice like alternative afternoon tea yeah like the sound of that okay so we've had a long day yes i'm weighed down with bags mostly for myself but a few for other people (laughs) where would i go to kind of celebrate my day okay. and to reward myself I think um again I'll leave you to peruse the feature for, to look for dinner options mm. I think and there are some great ones in there yes really some great, we're going for our Christmas meal at one of them <laughs> that's a clue um so look out for our, on our Instagram to see where we are um but I think Swift in um on okay. Old Compton Street um for cocktails nice. is really fab okay and the reason why I love it there is because it's uh, it's got over two floors, mm-hmm. but it covers everything you can want in a cocktail bar over the two floors. So the top floor is more like aperitivo, and they do an amazing. It's called a spag- scrappino, mm-hmm. and it's um, which is a really famous um, Italian cocktail, and it's made from lemon sorbet, prosecco, and uh, they use italicus in theirs. Which we've nice. also got a cocktail recipe online for italicus. It's very trendy, trendy <laughs> here at the moment. And then downstairs, so upstairs it's quite sophisticated and swish and mm. um, there's lots of, like, chrome. And then downstairs it's almost like a whiskey den. Okay, um, great. Which, um, I, I love whiskey, so it's great. They've got such a huge list of whiskeys and they've got them all um, above the bar so you can kind of peruse those. And they've got lots of Japanese whiskeys, Scotch whiskeys, Irish whiskeys, and they make really great cocktails with those as well so some great twists on old fashions and that's a lot more um like dark and like a drinking den okay so so word of warning is please remember your shopping when you leave this place absolutely good all right well i think that's a good uh little sneak preview of your feature alex but alex has done a really good job of kind of doing a mix of cool and funky places real classic places and kind of a bit left field for when you're shopping in central london so i can't recommend reading this feature enough buy the christmas issue right now (laughs) or have a look a little later on when we'll pop it online as well okay thank you so much alex thank you Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you like what you've heard, you can now buy the Christmas issue of Olive Magazine in all good supermarkets and news agents. It's the same price as normal, but in this special bumper issue, you get loads of Christmas inspiration, plus a free leftovers magazine. And in selected stores, you can even get a free bar of Green and Black's new Velvet Edition dark chocolate. Get them while you can. And if you're feeling generous and want to give a Christmas present to the Olive Magazine team, remember we'd love for you to review and rate us and subscribe on iTunes to ensure as many lovely listeners like you get to find us. Thank you and until next time, bye. Bye.